Ukrainians. Identity and Dignity podcast is on the air. Without gas or without you? Without you. Without light or without you? Without you. Without water or without you? Without you. Without food or without you? Without you. Cold, hunger, darkness and thirst are not as terrible and deadly for us as your Russian friendship and brotherhood. These are the words of the President of Ukraine after Russian shellings that led to blackouts of several Ukrainian regions on September 11th. For Ukrainians it's not even a question. It's a matter of values and dignity. And that's what we will be revealing in our today's episode. Why can we call Russia's acts of energy terror as a part of the genocide against Ukrainian nation? Is Ukraine on the verge of a total blackout? In recent months, Russia has been actively attacking Ukrainian energy infrastructure in Kyiv, Kharkiv, Zaporizhzhia Lviv and other regions of Ukraine. Although Ukraine has powerful air defense systems, their amount is not enough to detect all Russian missiles. We already talked about devastating effects of Russian attacks on energy infrastructure in the previous episode. But the extent of shelling is so immense that we must take Russia's energy terrorism as an element of the genocide against Ukrainians. Recently, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine stated in a briefing. But instead of fighting our army, Russian terrorists chose to wage a war of terror against civilians. Russian terror has worsened the humanitarian situation in the country and damaged around 40% of our energy system. These strikes must be considered as part of Russia's genocide of the Ukrainian people. According to the Genocide Convention adopted by the General Assembly of the United Nations in 1948, genocide refers to intended acts committed to destroy, in whole or in part, a national, ethnical, racial or religious group. One of the more specific definitions is deliberate infiction on the group conditions of life, bringing about its physical destruction in whole or in part. Why not to arrange a small local gulag in the Parisia, meet in the steppe, under the blazing sun for the teachers who haven't been taught to love our dear homeland, Russia, yet? Claims Serhii Mordan, propagandist of Russian media Komsomolska Pravda. But Russia's desire to black out the entire Ukraine before winter suits this definition perfectly too. As Volodymyr Kudrytsky, the chief executive of Ukr Energo, an electricity transmission system operated in Ukraine, noted in the interview with The Guardian. This is the biggest missile attack on electricity infrastructure in history. Therefore, the impact is huge. Unfortunately, the situation is critical. They are trying to specifically destroy the Ukrainian power system, and this supplies tens of millions of the population. Just during one day, October 31, Russian missiles and drones hit 10 regions and damaged 18 facilities. 
mostly energy-related. As of today, Russia has damaged about 40% of the entire energy infrastructure of Ukraine, including thermal, hydroelectric and nuclear power plants. One of them is Russian-seized Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. Russian military carried out shelling of the plant several times, keeping the world in fear of the second Chernobyl disaster. For over a half year Russia has been using a nuclear blackmail. It implies that an aggressor or Russia threatens the use of nuclear weapons to force an adversary, in this case not only Ukraine but also Europe, to act in aggressor's interest. The genocide nature of Russia's actions is seen when analyzing the targets of missile attacks. For almost a month now, Russia has been attacking energy infrastructure facilities that primarily serve the civilian population. As Minister of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine wrote, Another batch of Russian missiles hits Ukraine's critical infrastructure. Instead of fighting on the battlefield, Russia fights civilians. Don't justify these attacks by calling them a response. Russia does this because it still has the missiles and the will to kill Ukrainians. These facts prove one thing. By conducting energy terrorism, Russia is committing genocide against the Ukrainian people. With this approach, Russia tries to make Ukrainians lay down their arms. Everything will be fine with those who will stay on our side, because we'll stay the way we are. And the rest, we will kill them. Asserts Yevhen Satanovsky, president of the Russian Middle East Institute. Indeed, Russia wants Ukraine to surrender. Putin hopes he can do something similar to what Joseph Stalin, a Soviet Union dictator, did in 1930s, punishing Ukrainians for their desire to gain independence from Russia and killing millions of them by creating artificial famine known as Holodomor. Recently, the Atlantic Council made a relevant comparison. Stalin's famine is known to history as the Holodomor, meaning death by hunger. Ukrainians are now given Putin's terror bombing campaign a nearly similar name and referring to it as the Holodomor, or death by freezing. Putin is trying to repeat history, but this time, as it was during Stalin's regime, he will not hide it from the world. He will not shut the mouths of Ukrainians either. They will continue to witness Russian crimes so that the face of evil is known. Monday after Monday, Ukrainians wake up to the sounds of Iranian-made Shahid drones. The machines, equipped with a simple one-cylinder petrol engine, make a loud buzzing sound. In a recent effort to defend Ukrainians, policemen in Kyiv race out onto the streets with their ordinary assault rifles and try to shoot down those drones. This is the new sound of war. The buzzing of drones and ordinary last-minute gunfire. And then the boom. Often near electricity substations, power plants and heating grids or residential buildings. As November kicks in, days are getting shorter. 
but lights over Ukrainian streets often no longer switch on. Ukraine lives according to new rules and routines. The damaged electric grid cannot sustain the usual load, and electricity usage has to be reduced by everyone. Streetlights are the first to be switched off. Electricity and, as a consequence, internet and water supply disappears from the homes of Ukrainians too, for four hours in the morning, for four hours in the evening. Some Ukrainians might need to resort to moving out of cities into villages where people use water from wells. Only as of this evening, about 4.5 million consumers have been temporarily disconnected from the electricity supply under emergency and stabilization schedules. In particular, in Kiev and 10 regions, Kiev region, Dnipropetrovsk region, Zydemir region, Zaporizhia region, Sumy region, Kiroborod region, Kharkiv region. While the whole world lit candles for Halloween, Ukrainians lit them because they were left without light. And Russia, in turn, spent millions to prevent Ukrainians from living peacefully. Said President Zelensky on November 3rd. Kyiv, our capital, is trapped in darkness. The mayor of the city, Vitaly Klitschko, lately stated that Kyiv has already prepared a supply of generators and fuel of food and drinking water. 1,000 roaming facilities to shelter people are to be set up. But it's not enough for almost 3 million residents. Russians are determined to achieve a full blackout as a part of their energy destruction plan. But we want to be open. Our enemies are doing all they can to leave the city without heating, without electricity and without water supply. In short, so we all die. Kyiv mayor stated, Nevertheless, Ukrainians stay strong and develop a new routine in the face of uncertainty. Eugene Kukstel, a 51-year-old manager, highlights that Ukrainians understand the situation and need to economize electricity. It's a question of using your head. Everyone has been shopping and prepared themselves. I bought a power bank and a torch. He explained and then added. It's not the most important thing at the moment. The main thing is victory. Additionally, Ukrainians draw water in advance, cook dinners in the morning and have them in the faint yellow glow of candles. Those who have gas stoves are lucky because they can cook. Ukrainians read books under candlelight. Even this episode is being recorded without light, but in a dark room because of the blackout in our city. And of course, Ukraine is still winning on the international battlefield. The world's support is tangible. Jan Stapps, a member of the UK delegation to the OSCE, stated to the assembly in Vienna. Putin's only aim is to spread terror and to deprive Ukrainian families of shelter light and heat as harsh winter approaches. This is a particularly cruel act of vengeance which will cause most suffering amongst Ukraine's most vulnerable, including the elderly and young. Thus the international community got mobilized to help us defend the Ukrainian sky as an answer to Russian energy terror. 
Today, the department is announcing approximately $400 million in additional security assistance for Ukraine under the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative, or USAI. In the newest U.S. defense aid package, a priority is set on air defenses. Modernized Hawk systems are to be delivered. They would complement the new IRST systems, which are already coming from Germany to ensure a safer sky. The winter in Ukraine, if the energy attacks continue, would be hard. It might be cold and dark for all Ukrainians who will have to develop a new way of life. Every minute with electricity would have to be planned and used to charge power banks and batteries to get warm. It will be a life of certainty in uncertainty. With this in mind, remember about energy terror occurring in Ukraine. Remember about the Russian-committed genocide in Ukraine. Remember about the ultimate bravery of Ukrainians who face darkness, cold, water deprivation and resist Russia's cruelties for the sake of our and your victory. And bear in mind, standing with Ukraine is a price of your comfort, stability and freedom. Slava Ukraini!